Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 190 of Internet Marketing, brought to you, he says, through his teeth, by <laughs> Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. Hello Kelvin. Hello Andy, did you forget where you were for a second there? I just started whistling for some bizarre reason <laughs> through my teeth. Um, part two of the um, incredibly complicated named uh, psychological <laughs> approaches to marketing. Yeah, so it's my trick. So basically this is about kind of patterns and trends that science of various types, so economics, sociology, psychology have discovered that I think it's worth at least beginning to talk about the ideas. And I'm going to give real quick rundowns on them here because I'm trying to do like a, a chunk of them in a relatively short episode. But what I hope you'll do is you'll find them interesting, go off, look them up on Wikipedia and learn a little bit more about how you can apply them to your business. And the first of these is kind of knowledge bias. And this is the, so a lot of these are biases. So where we do things that are perhaps a little bit irrational. And this is the tendency of people to choose an option that they know the best rather than the best option. This is all about kind of familiarity, and we've all been there. And kind of the, this is kind of a lot where um, you know. So, have you? I, Andy's kind of quite a healthy eater, but like I, I, I myself quite often, if I'm where did you get that are idea? You quite from? a healthy, trim guy. You do a bit of exercise, that type of trim. Thing? Yeah, actually, I am a bit trimmer, but yeah. that's a different story. Uh, okay. Yes. But anyway, so imagine you're kind of in a new city you'll have to try and find somewhere to eat and often you'll go well let's go for the starbucks coffee or let's go for the mcdonald's lunch or whatever it is rather than potentially taking a risk <laughs> on on uh, <laughs> yeah product placement um if, yeah if anyone wants any product placement, charge yeah, them for yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah um but you know it's the tendency where people kind of go well, well which am i most familiar with than what's the best and i kind of do this a lot is that actually i think i probably prefer the taste of pepsi to diet coke but i always have Diet Coke, because that's what I've always have, and kind of, you know, it's a familiarity thing. And, you know, as a business, this is why branding works. This is why television advertising is really, really effective, right? Because often you might not be the most competitive on price, you might not have the best customer service, but if you are the most familiar, you can sometimes out punch, you know, punch above your weight than you otherwise would. And that's down to knowledge bias. So have a look into knowledge bias, and it can make a pretty good justification for investing in branding and television as well. We also get the idea of post-purchase rationalisation. So this is the tendency 
to persuade oneself through rational arguments that a purchase was good value after you've made it. And I kind of often talk about this as the Apple TV effect in, in my case. So I purchased an Apple TV and I'm now convinced it was a really sensible purchase. Even though everyone's so, selling it was a really rubbish well, purchase. Yeah, I mean, actually, I'm really happy with it. But it's kind of <laughs> this tendency, it's a tendency, it's a bias that people have is that once they've purchased something, they tend to think they made a better decision than they perhaps did. Um, and this is why you get fanboys, this is why you get people defending products. So it's a kind of understanding that as long as you can kind of get someone over that line, they'll often remember you and think they made a better decision than they perhaps did. And this can kind of be really good when you're trying to build advocacy and this type of thing. So bear in mind that the way that people respond and the way they think about their decision is often very different from actually how it was and the, the truth of the matter. So that's post-purchase rationalisation. Next up, we've got the pseudo-certainty effect. And that's the tendency to make risk-averse decision, risk-averse choices if the expected um, outcome is positive, but risk-seeking choice, you know, um, make risk-seeking choices to avoid negative outcomes, right? So if um, you're faced with a decision that is a pot, so you win something, you know, where there's a positive outcome, people tend to take less risky choices, so if I'm say to you, Andy, um, you know, it's a 50-50 bet you win, um, you know, £10 or a one in, you know, a hundred um, bet that you win a thousand because it's a positive. People tend to err towards the the lower risk one. Mm-hmm. But when it's the opposite decision, which is, Andy, you need to give me a tenner. You know, same odds. Um, so essentially the same kind of, you know, certainty and likelihood. If I were to say to you, Andy, um, you know, one, you know, one in 10 chance you give me a tenner, you know, one in a thousand chance you give me a thousand pound, you'll probably then go, actually, I'll go for the lot less certain one, but potentially a lot more risky, you know, that like the, it's more risky because the, you know, financial outlay is when it's a negative thing. So that's worth thinking if you're kind of, you know, first of all, try and, you know, when you're, choice architecture when you're setting up discounts setting up you know contracts setting up relationships if people are getting something they're risk averse if they're potentially losing something they are prepared to make far more risky decisions as a consequence of that given all things being equal Mm. so worth thinking about that and that is the pseudo certainty effect so we tend to prefer low risk for positives high risk to avoid negatives intriguing um zero risk bias which is a similar kind of thing right so this is the preference for reducing a small risk to zero over a greater reduction in a larger risk so if i gave you the choice between uh and this is kind of where insurance and stuff like that often kind of fits in so if you say okay andy um you know on a mobile phone contract and insurance, I can, you know, take away the risk, right? Mm. So say that you've got a 50% chance of something going wrong and I can reduce that to 40. That's a mm. 10% reduction in risk, right? Um, and that's kind of one environment versus there's a 10% risk, take it down to zero. Still a 10% reduction, right? The reduction in risk is the same. But everyone, given those two choices, would prefer the one to take it down to zero risk. So that's kind of, you know, again an interesting pattern and weirdness and quirk to human behavior that everyone would wants to reduce, you know, money back guarantees and that type of thing that they'd rather have a money back guarantee than a guarantee of a 50, you know, even if the, you know, the, the difference is um, bigger and, you know, the, diff- the reduction in risk is bigger 
um, people prefer to reduce risk to zero given an equal um, choice between the two there. There's also the Dunning-Kruger effect. Now, that does, really does sound like an embarrassing condition. <laughs> well, basically, the, and this is really, and I think this will affect a lot of people in, in you know, internet marketing podcast listeners here. So this is the, the tendency of unskilled individuals to suffer from illusionary superiority um, and mistakenly rating their ability uh, much higher than average. And the opposite effect of that, which is um, that people... Who are, so basically, people who are rubbish at stuff think they're better than average. And people who are better than average tend to think that they're average, if you see what I mean. So, Why is that? It's bizarre. I, I mean, the way that I often, when I'm talking about this in a, in a, um, in a room, I kind of, you know, say there's 40 people in a room, and I say, okay, hands up who thinks they're a better than average driver? <laughs> I bet most of the hands go uh, yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> and like 70, 80% of hands go up. And it's like, well, that is impossible, right? Because like 50% of people have to be above average and 50% have to be below average. Mm. Um, you know, and it's that type, you know, that's kind of a, a jokey version of this. But there's what, you get this a lot. So someone who knows a little bit about SEO will be supremely confident in their ability to do SEO. Someone who knows a lot about SEO will maybe be a bit less certain of themselves. So is the same because, in every is this the, well. it because of the difference between knowing what you don't know and not yeah. knowing what you don't know exactly that exactly that and kind of just be aware of this when you're dealing with you know third parties sometimes people are absolutely certain of what they know perhaps aren't the best people to deal with so there's someone if you ask someone you know can you work with me a project and they're 100 percent certain it's going to be successful they're the people you want to be concerned about you want to be the people who are aware of the risks aware mm. of the downside and that's kind of down to the dunning kruger effect um it's also kind of false consensus right and this is the tendency that pretty much everyone makes that they tend to overestimate how many other people agree with them, right? So if you kind of were to, and kind of this is typically kind of done in kind of political environments. So, you know, if, if there's a, a potentially contentious p- political decision, um, I'm not going to kind of go into any, but you say, okay, how many people agree with you on that decision? Um, false consensus effect is people tend to dramatically overestimate the number of people who share the same opinion of them. And you'll get that in design decisions all the time, right? So if you ask someone how many people, you know, if I give you two potential designs and you say, well, I prefer this one, how mm-hmm. many people do you think would also prefer that one? And, you know, you will say, I don't know, 80% of people will think that's a better decision. There's a tendency that people have, false consensus effect. And so if ever you've got to make a decision that's based on judgment and aesthetics and those types of things, understand you will overestimate how likely people are to agree with you. And how do you deal with that? You test things you know you provide a testing environment but as we talked in the previous episode be aware of the experimenter's bias because you will probably find data that will support your point of view as well okay. and our final couple here um, and we've talked about these before but i will cover them again because kind of i think within the context of the the other patterns are important so this is social proof um, and this is the tendency that people assume that the actions of other people reflect the correct behavior in any given situation so if lots of other people have made a decision we will assume that that's the correct decision Wisdom of the crowds. Wisdom of the crowds, exactly. Yeah, that. we we did talk about. We talked about. Yeah, yeah, and I might do this. In, oh, yes, the same yes. with loss These aversion. These are familiar ones. Loss aversion, and that's yes. kind of the disutility of giving up an object is greater than the utility associated with acquiring it, which kind of comes down to the fact that um, someone would prefer, you know, in terms of the value, the emotional impact, the utility, um, and it's about you know double as well. So the losing a fiver, the util- disutility of that is about equal in utility to getting a tenner. Right, so people hate losing stuff. So whenever you're phrasing offers, whenever you're talking about features and benefits and all that sort of thing, talk about what some people lose by not going with you rather than what perhaps they necessarily gain mm. by being with you. 
And finally, anchoring, which we've talked about loads of times on the show, but that's the tendency to rely heavily or too heavily on an anchor point or a a past reference on one trait of a piece of information when making decisions. So that's where it kind of, like if I have, you know, um, a priceless of a bottle, you know, a priceless of wine, there's three options, one's 100, one's 50, one's 25. Um, if I've got the £100 one there, people are more likely to choose the, the £50 bottle of wine than the 25 bottle of wine than if I had 50, 50 and 25. You know, and that's just kind of like that, that high anchor point in terms of references has a quite a big impact on how people kind of look at things. But we've talked about that in previous episodes. But hopefully there's a few ideas that you can go off and explore and these weird, peculiar you know, traits to how people behave that if you understand potentially, you can you know, do your marketing online a little bit easier. Thank you very much, Mr. Calvin Newman. Do we know what we're going to do in the next I episode? Think we're going to, it's recorded on a different day, so I might change my mind between now and then. But the plan is that we're going to be talking about seven frequently asked SEO questions. Fantastic. And, and of course, the answers to them. Yeah. Right, well, that'll be good. So thank you very much, Mr. Calvin Newman. And thank you, Andy White. And uh, we'll be back next time on Internet Marketing, brought to you by Site Visibility at... SiteVisibility.com. Well done, Mr. Newman. I well know done. the web address. <laughs> See you next time, folks. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments, and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number... If you're outside of the UK, it's plus four four one two seven three two five six or one five zero. If you're inside the UK, it's o one two seven three two five six one five zero. And you can leave a voice comment or question, and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a, a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.